Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right. So like usual, fam, we do three questions for now. So yeah, if you want to ask us a question, best place to do it is our Stronger Than Your Boyfriend Facebook group. So you should definitely join that. You can slide into the DMs in on the social meds at Barpath Fitness on Instagram is where we're most active. So all right, let's get into it. I'm going to ask question one because Heather will do a better job at answering it. So okay. question number one, is it bad to arch your back in the bench press? Cue all the bros getting triggered and go. <laughs> no, it is not bad. Mic drop. No, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually a necessity, but let's get into it, right? So you, when you are bench pressing, you are going to have a small arch in your lower back due to the scapular depression that is necessary to stabilize your shoulders, okay? So think about when you do a lat pulldown, right? What is the thing that you do? You don't just sit there and let your shoulders internally rotate when you pull the lat pulldown, hopefully. Well, we hope you don't do that. Yeah, we hope not. You have to sit up tall and then retract and depress your shoulder blades, right? And that gives you external rotation at the shoulders. And what happens to your lower back when you do that? it arches slightly, right? Does it need to be excessive? No. Can it? Yes. With training over time to increase the arch, if you're competing or, you know, in powerlifting, for, in like powerlifting and you want a limited range of motion. Um, basically, if you ever see a, a competitive powerlifter with like a huge arch and everyone's like, you're going to hurt your back. Uh, a couple things there. But number one, the reason they're doing that is because it decreases the range of motion or the distance that the bar has to travel. Right. So any time that they don't have to be moving the bar, the more weight they can put on it. Yeah. And with powerlifting, it's all about leverage. Right. They don't care like maximize about maximizing range of motion. They care about lifting the most weight. So, yes, doing that in a shorter range of motion is going to allow you to do that. So. Right. And they're staying they're all they need to do is stay within the rules right and there have been some rule updates lately that kind of changed us a little bit but okay yeah uh but yeah so um it's definitely not dangerous to have that small arch though so say you're just a normal normal lifter right it's actually safer to have the small arch because like i talked about if you were to sit up tall right now in your seat and do this as i talk and put your hands out in front of you or your arms straight out in front of you squeeze your shoulder blades back and then down so retract and depress you will notice your low back slightly arches, right? That is like the natural arch in your lumbar spine. You have a natural curve in your low back and it just accentuates a little bit when you externally rotate your shoulders. So your back is not going to be flat on the bench ever. Um, in fact, when you do bench with a flat back, you're at risk for more injury due to that internal rotation of the shoulder joint. And as someone who has worked at gyms for over 15 years, the biggest injury I have seen is shoulder dislocation. And it's typically some bro who is benching incorrectly. Yep. Yeah. The, the small arch in the lower back happens because of how you set your upper back and a strong bench setup is imperative to a healthy and safe lift. And that includes setting your upper back and welcoming that natural curve of the lumbar spine. Yeah. I just feel like people, they get so nervous with with anything that has to do with the back like your spine right. is meant to flex extend mm-hmm. rotate what am i missing anything i don't know laterally flex laterally yeah, flex yeah yeah all of it so in it's never quote-unquote neutral if you really think about it like if you sit up tall right and you're actually trying to like retract your shoulder blades like heather said like you're not your back isn't going to be flat like if it was you'd be sitting i don't know you'd be sitting kind of like a dog tra- trying to take a poop and, but which which means you're actually rounding your back so it's really right. never quote-unquote neutral and your spine has that natural curvature mm-hmm. in the lumbar spine so it's just kind of natural when you set your upper back like that it's going to naturally mm-hmm. do that and the the biggest thing you want to look for is 
okay, if you do this, are you feeling pain? Probably not. Good. Keep doing it. As long as you're doing it, say like it's not too excessive, I should say. Yeah. I think you have to remember that discs typically herniate the other way, right? They don't herniate. I don't know which way. An extension. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) They don't herniate herniate that way usually. Um, But also when you're setting up for the bench, like if you... If you feel a way to see if your arch is too excessive, number one, just start with your natural arch, right? So just get your shoulders locked in and down and back and get that scapular retraction and set up on your shoulder blades safely and start there. And then if you're doing anything more and your butt comes off the bench or you can't get your legs involved in the lift, because believe it or not, leg leg drive is a thing. And even if you're not using leg drive to drive the bar, like in those advanced techniques, your legs are still on. They right? You want to feel stable on the floor with yeah. your feet your feet should be driving into the floor you're using that to horizontally move uh the force toward the bar and then back toward the rack and that's what pushes the bar up so you want your legs to be involved in the lift at least a little bit they need to at least be on and if your arch is really excessive sometimes that doesn't that doesn't work for people because you haven't built up to that which was me when i first started because i had a i was able to get a big arch but it was too much because i couldn't get my legs involved as much so there's definitely a balance there and it's something you'd work up to over time if you wanted a giant arch if you were planning on competing but for the average person just retract and depress your shoulder blades on the bench keep them there and maintain that shoulder stability and you will have a small arch and it is perfectly safe yeah a good cue that i like to give clients just kind of starting out with with bench pressing is as they're setting up on the bench if they can't quite nail the retraction and depression of their scapula if if they're fairly new to it i have them grab the bar and i tell them to try to break the bar oh that's so a good one yeah it will naturally help them externally rotate their shoulders versus internally rotate them which is where heather like heather said that's where most of the occur so have them break the bar and that kind of naturally just um, helps them to engage their lats in their upper back so if some bro moral of the story if some bro is coming up to you which is going to be a dumb bro and it's going to be to a woman (laughs) if he's coming up to you and saying that tell him to fuck off and go do his internally rotated half rep bench while you work on really improving your lat strength doctor (laughs) yeah say have fun at the doctor bro like i'm gonna actually do like actual bench press reps so (laughs) yeah i love it (laughs) just don't be excessive just like with anything so okay all right cool question number two i have been noticing i have no energy to complete my workouts i'm not big on supplements so is there any natural pre-workout that you would suggest okay this is a good question first and foremost you need to check your diet if any client comes to me and they have no energy to complete their workouts, they are most likely not eating enough. So mm-hmm. either work with a nutritionist, work with your coach and really figure that out. And guess what? You're probably going to have to track your food. You will probably have to just get over that and track your food and see what's going on. Because if there if there's not an objective measure that we can look at, there's no way that you or you and your coach are going to be able to conclude what's going on, right? And honestly, just from my experience as a coach, most people especially women aren't eating enough to fuel their body. So, and maybe they're on, maybe you're maybe not eating enough carbs too. I've seen this as well. Like, because low carb diets are the way to go, which spoiler alert, they're not like, maybe you're not eating enough carbohydrates to fuel your lifts. Right. So that could be an issue, not eating enough calories or carbs in general. Also, another issue I've seen is people don't have enough electrolytes in their system. So maybe they're drinking enough water, but they're not uh, mineralizing it. So they're not getting those electrolytes needed, which is sodium, potassium, magnesium, right? So 
uh, we we use a uh, sometimes I use an electrolyte uh, powder, um, LMNT. No no sponsorship sponsorship or affiliate. I just really like the way that it tastes and I like the way that it feel. But for the most part, I eat a lot of salt. So I salt my food a lot, and we use what is it? Redmond sea salt. So it has a lot yeah. of minerals in it too. So that could be a good way. You can, you know, if you feel like you're eating enough, you're eating enough carbs, you're eating enough protein, you know, that isn't, isn't the case. Then try salting your food a little bit more with a mineral type salt and see if that helps. But I know I'm not answering the question as far as what is a pre, what's a natural pre-workout. Like these are it, like you're going to feel good and they can kind of function as a pre-workout if you're just eating enough food before your workout and, and um, hydrating specifically with electrolytes. But a natural pre-workout could be something like coffee. So if you do need a little bump or boost before you train, I mean, maybe just drink some coffee. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I would also add in sleep. What does your sleep look like, right? If, if you don't have a lot of energy, let's look at that first. Shit nutrition and lack of sleep are the main drivers behind low energy most times. Yeah. There could be other things like stress. There could be hormone imbalance, et cetera, et cetera. But start with the, the basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, make sure that's in check first. And then if you are considering supplements, go back and listen to our podcast are you wasting your money on supplements and spoiler alert you're probably wasting your money on pre-workouts <laughs> but this person didn't want a pre-workout she wanted right. something more natural so right, which is great yeah and if you if you are eating enough calories let's let, let's look at where your calories are coming from because maybe some of it's whole foods maybe some of it's more processed foods maybe we just try slowly weeding out the processed foods and you might find yourself having a little yeah. bit more energy there too i would also consider and this is something that i've been trying to work on is when is the best time for you to work out yes like i definitely have an energy lull during the day at a certain time right and if you're finding that you're just like oh maybe you're maybe you're just not working out the right time for your body like maybe you need to adjust this to first thing in the morning or maybe you're someone who works out better at night whatever it is yeah. like people people are different and we have different times that we yeah. we like to that our body feels energized i guess yeah and i know that's you know people have lives and kids and shit and you know sometimes right. schedules aren't feasible yes. but i think definitely if you have the ability to do that find out what time your body feels best to train but another good trick is to make sure you're um you drink enough water so i know i talked about like mm -hmm. electrolytes but a lot of people aren't just aren't drinking enough water in general so i know for me personally like i i like to wake up and go right into my workout and i used to need coffee before now i don't need it at all i just make sure i drink a bunch of water and i feel great it's kind of like a natural pre-workout huh. so yeah it's interesting and um, the couple times that I've added like a pinch of the Redmond sea salt to it, it feels even better because now I'm hydrating. Well, I'm getting those electrolytes in, yeah. I should say. So yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Like drinking water, just eating the right foods, even if it's the, the, the night before or the day before, like figure that out for your schedule too. Maybe if you do work out in the morning and you don't like to eat before you work out like me, I make sure I'm eating a lot of carbohydrates at night. So that's kind of like my pre-workout meal. It's mm -hmm. just, I sleep before and then I just wake up and go and I feel really good doing like doing that, but everyone's different and it's kind of, and, you know, it's pretty nuanced, but focus on the big rocks first yeah, and then we can, you know, if something's still off, maybe talk to a functional medicine doctor right get your hormones yeah. tested even further um or regular doctor or whatever but yeah i mean big rocks nailing the big rocks usually covers it for most people mm -hmm. also another tip i know i'm going <laughs> tip after tip um going outside in the sun oh, really yeah. helps me i know like in the afternoon i get kind of an energy lull like heather does and when i go outside and it's super sunny and bright here in colorado i feel great even if it's just five minutes i'm like all right 
kind of a little, little energy burst. It's not like drinking a cup of coffee and you're getting that like, you know, jittery buzz, but it, I definitely feel better. I feel like more alert and more awake, which, yeah. yeah. So cool. Okay. Question number three, what should I do if I don't have enough time for warm up sets plus my working sets of a specific movement? I love this question because this is such a tricky question. So it's definitely like I know a lot of people are limited on time and it's definitely tricky to get in enough of those warm up movements plus your warm up sets for the compound lifts plus your entire workout. If you're doing the more full body workouts like we talk about a lot, like maybe like a three day full body workout split. Right. So this actually happened with my client recently and I wanted to talk about it. So that's why I basically picked this question. So one option utilize the first few prescribed sets as warm-ups and up the intensity for the last one or two sets, right? So you're still getting volume in and practicing the movement at first, but you just have to adjust the intensity up a bit for the last couple sets. So for example, my client, we were doing like, I think we had four or five sets of bench press and probably in like the three to five rep range, right? So we definitely want to make sure we're warmed up before adding some heavy loads there. So and we don't do like a ton of ton of warming up because I incorporate that in our workouts, which, you know, for my client, you would be able to see that. But anywho, she was, you know, she was asking me like, I don't like, I don't have enough time. I don't want to be benching all day, like with my warm up sets and then going into my working sets. So I told her to do this and she was like, okay, that feels really good. So essentially we used like her first three sets as they weren't super light, but, and they were probably more moderate intensity. Whereas if I'm pr- writing this for someone, I want pretty much all the sets to be as intense as you can, right? With one or two reps left in reserve. But with her, I said, okay, I want basically one one rep in reserve for your last two sets. That way we're really pushing the intensity, but you're still practicing the movement for the first three sets. So that's one option. Second option, if you don't have enough time, just do the biggest bang for your buck movements in the time that you have and either save the other moves for later in the day or a different day, right? Like I always say, don't make perfect the enemy of good. Like that way you can get in all of your warm up sets plus your working sets. So going back to, to my client, for example, let's say we had five sets of five on bench press and she was doing like, you know, three to four warm up sets. Okay, maybe we just we we still do the warm up sets and now we're doing all five sets of five reps at the intensity that I want her to do it at. But now she only has time for squats and, and bench press for that day. So I would much prefer that than have her just run around and do like a bunch of circuit training to get in all the uh, other um other movements of her workout. I'd rather her focus on, you know, nailing the squats, nailing the bench press, and then we can figure it out, you know, the rest of the week. So and figure out if we want to make up certain movement to later or later in the day or whatever. So I love this because I think it it touches on one of our like, I guess, one of our values, if you will, which is like efficiency in the gym and how you like most people don't have enough time to dedicate all of this time in the gym. And I'm going on a tangent here, but please do. The thing with the fitness industry is like people get really into it when they get into it. Right. So like when they start lifting, they're like, okay, I'm going to get the supplements. I'm going to go to the gym for two hours a day. I'm going to do six days a week. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this before and how that is just a recipe for failure and not sticking to it. Right. Because you're going to burn out. And so we or something in life is going to pop up where you can't go to the gym six days a week. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm a failure now. It's, It's not realistic to maintain. And so we always start from the beginning with trying to get people to to realistically say, what is the time commitment you have for this? And how can we be as efficient as possible in the gym? So I, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's great. Yeah. And I like, I ask people realistically, what do you think you can do? If that's one day a week, I want you to just tell me. But also I figured out with clients, like 
they do want to do something every day. They just, they have kids, they don't have time. Mm-hmm. So maybe we are doing something six days a week, but we're doing two to three exercises. That's why I was saying like, if you have a full, maybe it's an hour, hour and a half workout laid out for you. And that seems really daunting. I don't have enough time. I have to cook dinner, blah, 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 do all this shit. Okay, well, like I said, let's utilize the compound movements for today. Let's, if you're feeling good, you're ready to get after it. All right, we're doing squats, bench press, and rows today. And I, I know you have the rest of your workout. Those little red X's are going to come up. I need you to ignore <laughs> that for now because we can go back and make up the the other movements later. Yeah. Or And for me as a coach, I go in and I look at, okay, they got three movements of this workout. I'm going to potentially adjust another workout in in the week if I wanted you know if I really do want to make sure we're touching on um whatever movements in that workout right so maybe it's I you know I wrote out specifically for this client's weakness or limitation I really wanted them to work on these split squats or these single arm rows because there's some weaknesses there all right maybe instead of deadlifts this week and overhead presses maybe I'm going to move that to their to their second or third workout so they're hitting those movements so that's the bonus of having a coach they can kind of have the pulse in your programming like that is serious like yeah. attention to detail on a client's program I'm pretty, especially for a remote coach like you don't yeah. find that all the time i'm pretty excessive with that it's in great. a good way it's great. Yeah. yeah because like you know like we preach a lot the best programming you're going to get is individualized programming so yeah. like if and i it can change like it yeah can, it can adapt to your needs yeah and, and on the other hand if it were a client who like they're pretty good they're pretty strong and i had some accessory movements like i don't know some barbell curls some walking lunges etc and i'm like eh, i'd rather them do like if they're going to get another workout this week i'd rather them go into like you know, deadlifting and overhead pressing because yeah. we're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck with those movements. So I'll just tell them that. And then I could go in and delete those other few exercises because mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of clients, they don't like to see those red X's, which I would be the same it. person. Yep. I totally get it. So yeah. And and if this is you just doing it on your own, just make sure you're hitting the big compound movements. And if you get to the accessory stuff, great. That's amazing. Try to as best as you can. But if you're hitting, you know, probably four four of the compound movements per week and getting uh, the minimum amount of sets to maintain muscle, then you're pretty good. Like it's not, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to, you know, impair your gains, right? 10 sets per muscle group. Yeah. I think it ranges, but yeah, I think it was 10 to to 30. Yeah. 10 to 30. 10 is the minimum. So 30 is a pretty extreme. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And with the compound movements, you're getting, you're working a lot of muscle groups. So that's why you don't need a lot of them to hit the minimum. So yes, hopefully that helps. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All All right. Awesome. We already told you what to do if you have questions, but if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. And if you could leave us a rating or review, it would help so much. Yeah. Don't share it with your bro friends who shit on you for arching your back. Or you could. Actually, you could. Actually, you probably should. Please, actually, I take that back. (laughs) Share it with your bro friends who shit on you for arching your back in the bench press because they probably need to learn a thing or two from you in this podcast. All right. Peace out, fam. Peace.